okay. had a shower beer. You ever had a shower beer before? Before we start the podcast, have I you ever had, had a shower, shower beer? I've lived an interesting life. I've had many shower beer. Yeah, <laughs> I had a shower beer earlier. It was great. So you sh- you got to wait till you share shower beers with the homies. With the homies, elaborate. You got to share your shower beer with the homies. Pretty sure I did that in college once. Anyways, um, I, let's I, intro the I podcast. Feel like that's, that's straightforward <laughs> enough. <laughs> it, it, let's this, enjoy this the is podcast. Not, this is not a Nathan. gender thing either. You just, I'm just saying. Oh yeah, people I know. across all uh, the whole spectrum of gender, like the homies are just whoever the homie is. You share the shower beer with them, and then you know you have a, a long lasting connection. Yeah, college, good times. <laughs> Uh, if you never had a shower beer, you're too classy for me. That's Good to know I'm not too classy fact. for you, Born. Uh, that is definitely a true fact, though. All right. I keep saying it. Let's enjoy the podcast. Are you sure you, you ready? don't want to talk about shower beer more? Or, or do you have I shower? mean, it, it's also It's also like, I feel like as a, like kids in college these days, they wouldn't even have a shower beer. Would they have like shower white claws? Is that like, is that their thing now? I don't know. Don't all the college kids just drink White Claws and hard seltzers now? The Trulies and all that shit? I mean, maybe they do now. When I was in college... Oh my god, I was in college three years ago is when I graduated. So four years ago, when I was in college college. uh, drinking, we had Shower Moonshine. We had Shower PBR. We had Shower Natty Light. Because those are the cheap beers. Uh, I was a PBR man. Yeah, I was PBR woman when I played beer pong. That was my go-to for beer pong because I could just fucking chug it. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Rule of Cool Podcast. My name is Morgan. And I'm freaking episode 20, Nathan, here. Hyped episode AF. 20. <laughs> I'm hype. It's episode 20. We were talking about drinking 40s, and I'm excited. <laughs> if ever there Let's was a time it. where Nathan and I were in sync best friends, it was that, it was that <laughs> moment there with the air horns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have air horns. I have um, a lot of I have a lot of sounds. I don't have air horns. We used to have applause. Uh, did we have air horns at one point? I don't remember what the original know. sounds were. I don't know. They're mostly um, all Morgan now. So she's most of them are me. just me. If yeah. We what was the new one horns? you added? I added one that was me. Remember? Oh, you did. Look at you being college educated. <laughs> See, we should have we should have played that when we were talking about drinking forties in college. And- yeah. That's how, that's Atten. the real college education is shower beers and yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> anyways hey guys this is the 20th episode we've been doing this thing 20 oh, times now yeah. um There's and today two weeks in a year so we need to go what 26 to be half a year of episodes yep we're almost there that's close but 20 <laughs> that's episodes, insane that's... I remember, and you also have to think we skipped out a couple weeks because of the holidays. Yeah, the holidays, and then I think we missed. No, we haven't missed a podcast. We missed a stream, but we made up for it. Yeah, but we missed two weeks for the holidays. Yeah, yeah, yep. But still, it's twenty episodes is crazy. I remember when we were like really first getting going, and I, you know, like I still look up stuff on podcasts. But when we were first starting, I was more like really kind of researching success like making a podcast successful and like different like things to do and stuff like that and it said like most podcasts don't make it past episode seven and i remember that we were on like episode four or five when that happened and i was like man i really hope we make it past seven like that because <laughs> like it was like it was like a statistic like a, most podcasts that start like don't make it past that and i was like that's weird and then boom here we are 20 episodes in still yeah. going strong Got all kinds of other stuff we're doing. Um, QQA tomorrow. Yeah. 
Morgan ready to run QQA tomorrow? Get all. <laughs> I've been doing so much prep, but the thing is, I never know what you guys are going to do. No. We're about to fight so, something, but that's all I remember. I know. We're about to start with combat. And speaking of, today's uh-huh. episode is about prepping and running combat. Boom. Shot See how I did that? That's a transition. See, See how I did that? <laughs> Look, you know what? That's that's an episode 20 worthy transition. That's called 20 episodes of transitional experience between our that's chaos called, and being on topic. That's called maybe when Morgan drinks a little, she can speak better. Is that what it is? I don't know. That's Mike. That's not Morgan. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so combat yeah there's combat and D. what is combat and D? combat is everything that's when you're rolling dice and hitting things and fighting and having to worry about hit points you know there's there's really two sides of D, right it's the mm-hmm. the role playing and the narrative and it's the combat that's kind of the two halves that come together to create what D is um you know combat you're when we talk about combat there's kind of different levels of it you know there can be the like Hey, I'm going to punch this guy a couple times <laughs> to like teach him a lesson. And sure, you're like rolling combat stat stuff, but it's more narrative. Or there's the yeah. like battle where it's like everyone's like fighting to their, you know, death and like having this big dramatic scene. Uh, Morgan has missed out on it. She's been pretty busy with work, but in, uh, in um, the game she normally plays on Saturdays with me, our game we had. Oh, God, Bert. I shouldn't drink root beer before we stream. I've already talked to Come on, man. Um, <laughs> we uh, we have six six players, and between the six of them, there were three hit points left at the end yeah, of the last session. Yeah, I heard about that. So, um, yeah, that was some big yikes. You know, you can have big combats like that, or it can just be the, like, yeah, I'm going to punch that dude in the, you know, genitals because he's being a dick <laughs> to me. I don't know why I said genitals like that. I was going to say balls or something. I don't know. <laughs> you like censored yourself before censored, you realized you didn't really need to censor yourself. Like, yeah, I was like, oh. You know. That's the thing. Like the podcast is censored, but it's not censored. It's explicit. I list it as explicit every time we upload. Um, hey, if you have a child to listen to this, tell us because maybe we'll be a little bit. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a sailor's mouth and I'll I can't th- help I'll it. I'll think about it at least. I might, I might not <laughs> actually fix it, but I will. it will at least cross my mind. Yeah. So, when you are beginning to prep for combat, um, there's a couple things that you need to do. So, the first thing is, what kind of combat is it? Um, Is this going to be a full-scale battle? Um, Are there battalions of troops? Is there, like, multiple phases? Is it very large-scale? Yeah. Um, or, or is it the like bar fight, right? Like the or the right. the hey, let's go jump that one dude in an alleyway where you've got like six adventurers that like surround one person and beat their ass. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it really comes down to like there's a pretty big scale in there. So if you're trying to think through ways to make a battle interesting, you're gonna have to go. Okay, like am I straight up prepping like you know armies or my bat prepping you know. Getting somebody getting shanked in an alleyway, like <laughs> what's what's yeah. the level there? Yeah, um, I, I know I put on here like uh, on top of even like your kind of large to small fights. Like for me, like I always put extra work into that kind of like I always call it like the set piece battle, right? And like this is like when I could play at a table with people. Like I used to like really put work into like big beautiful battle maps and like mm-hmm. making special terrain like for specific combats and stuff where it's like this is kind of like this whole and i think it like a good example of this is like dimension 20 when they have their combats like that they might have like a little oh. bit of an extra combat or something but that like big centerpiece battle moment where it's like beautiful. there's something going on and like the map and everything is like layering into how the combat goes those are kind of like the like really if you're planning something like that i mean that's a whole bunch of extra steps above just like okay we're gonna have a lot of guys let me make sure i've got this guy that's gonna come up later such and such or the small just oh a bar brawl breaks out 
Um, from there, you're going to kind of look at what. So you're looking at the size, and you're then you need to look at what is going to be a part of the fight, like what creatures or NPCs are going to be a part of that battle. Yeah. Um. Well, and, so. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's super important because it's going to entirely change like kind of how big the fight can be too, right? Because like if you're like, hey, I want there to be an ancient red dragon in this fight. You're not going to be like, you can't just be like, man, I want there to be six of them because like that's going to be a little nuts. You might have to scale things down. Or like if you're like, hey, I'm going to have a dragon in this fight, but let's make it like a young dragon. But I want to make it a little harder than that. So let's start to like add a couple extra guys, right? Maybe there's some dragon cultists that are now in this battle that, you know, are, you know, doing some extra damage on the side, distracting some of the party away from the dragon, things like that, where it's like uh, picking your creatures is like one of the most important parts to preparing a combat. That's not yeah. in, like in the moment, you know, spur of the moment. What is the word I'm thinking? Improvised fight. Yeah. <laughs> where like you're actually going to have to be thinking about like, okay, who's going to be in this combat? And then again, uh, Morgan said a second ago with the, with the NPCs and allies, right? If you've got a party of like level threes, but somehow they just roll real well and they do all this stuff and they convince the like level 20 wizard to come to the fight with them <laughs> which like i ain't gonna let happen but let's just say like it does right like the level 20 wizard comes down out of his tower and decides he's gonna go fight with level one adventurers you're gonna have to scale the fight differently because like that level 20 wizard probably can do a little more than your level one party um yeah and you're gonna have to kind of scale things a little separately yeah so that goes along with like one of the points that we have, which is following uh, CR versus knowing your players. Um, so CR being challenge rating. Um, and now you didn't describe CR at all, did you? Okay, I, my brain just stopped functioning during that. So for those of you that don't know, uh, CR or challenge rating um, is assigned to pretty much every standard monster creature even like standard NPC-esque characters in D&D. Um, if it's in any of the compendiums or source books, then it is going to have a CR. Um, this is a guide to show you how difficult it is going to be to fight this monster. So, for instance, some creatures may have a one-fourth CR. That means your level one party will obliterate it or should obliterate it. Um, some have a CR of 12, which is very difficult to beat if you're not near like a very high level, um, depending on how many people you have uh, in the party and how many of those creatures you have. Um Encounters will have ratings um, outside of the CR. They'll have ratings of easy, medium, difficult, um, and then deadly and very deadly. I believe that's the scale. If I'm incorrect, somebody please correct me. Um, yeah, I think uh, if I'm remembering correctly, CR like uh, is based on assuming like a party of <clears throat> a party of four. So like a one fourth would be like super. A single one fourth would be super easy, but like a, a part level like level one party of four fighting a level like a CR one would be a challenge for them. But like yeah. a party of level twos fighting a CR one would be like a relatively easy, uh, and then like it goes kind of up from there. Yeah, and um, like Dreadlord and uh, Born. And Alyssa are all saying some CRs are very misleading. Yeah. Um, they say that it's like a CR four, but really in context, it's much more difficult. Yeah. So looking at winter wolves, looking at banshees, looking at shadows, um, these are all things where it says, you know, that it's not going to have a very high CR, but based off of its abilities, it, it should have a disclaimer. It's like, hey, this is the, you know, 
suggested say, this is a suggested challenge rating, but depending on your party and their composition and how they work together, it could be doubled. Yeah. <laughs> like Well, and you gotta think um, about the fact that like at the end of the day, if you're preparing and running a combat, you're the DM. Um, adjusting is on the fly. I do it all the time. The only yeah. thing that the only things that I you know, this this goes to kind of what we've talked about many a times at this point of the suspension of disbelief and being able to not let your players so easily see the like inner workings behind the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the only <laughs> things that I won't change is like armor class. Cause right. Like they're going to figure out armor class. And if you change that for like no reason without explaining why it might've happened, mm-hmm. um, it feels weak. Right. Yeah. Um, but like hit points, you know, maybe even the, what their bonus to attack, maybe their damage and things like that. If you need to scale it just, I mean, even just a little bit, just to make it not quite so dangerous for them. If like you went too hard and you're like, Hey, I know you guys are level three, but you are fighting an ancient red dragon right now. You can be like, Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, let me just pull maybe back not. just a little bit. Like it, it's okay to just go like, I actually pulled it up right here. Ancient red dragon has 546 hit points, right? I mean, you. It's fine to go. Uh, maybe it has four ninety. Like, let's try to like ease it up a little bit, right? Like, those things are fine <laughs> to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa says balance is important, and uh, Scott with the correction balance. Um, yes. Shots worth. fired. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> yes. Balance use, is incredibly use, important. Use um, channel points just to correct someone else's ally. <laughs> to be fair, we don't have anything set up for our channel points yet, so. We will set stuff up like that eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very funny, though. So, but yeah, I mean, like I said, you as a DM, all the CR stuff is is really like balance is important. Pay attention to those kind of things, but know that you can change it. Like, yeah. I mean, I do that all the time in the background go, Hmm. Okay. Uh, this ancient red dragon has a plus 16 to con. Um, I don't know. That seems a little OP. Uh, like they're like, just these, a little bit. this, you know, they're trying to use a lot of con stuff on it. Maybe just because like, uh, I went a little hard on these level three players. Like I'll make it a, 15 you know you do that it doesn't matter just (laughs) oh (laughs) you merciful dm and changing it from a plus 15 a plus 16 to a plus 15 how merciful you really gotta help people out from time to time Uh, yeah i mean my name in our discord is still the most evil dm so oh yeah you're welcome i'm not changing it um (laughs) i have no interest in changing it back (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah like, like i said a lot of these things can be kind of change to help you help out you know you you can do these things behind the screen and like i said as long as they're kind of sneaky especially it no nobody's even gonna know like i i can almost guarantee that most of maybe if all of my players don't know that last week in that game i lowered a couple of the characters hps because when i initially set them up i definitely overestimated by like a good 100 hit points (laughs) And like yeah. when I realized everyone, we had six players down to three hit points collectively. I was like, eee. yeah, uh, Matt messaged me and he was like, I'll panic. No disco. Everyone's dying. There's only three hit points between some of us. Everybody's dying. Yeah. I'm it like, was, Oh it was, it was crap. <laughs> and like I said, but it was just quick. It was like, I was like, okay, like as, and it was like, as we were going, right. I was like, okay, let me tone this down and then let me just tweak this over here. And then, okay, this seems to be working. Let me see where it goes from here. Uh, but like, I also think that like when you're playing D and D, there also still needs to be that threat, that realism to like, usually I adjust things about a quarter to a halfway through the combat, right. Where like, there's a certain level where, like I try to tone it in quickly and then Mm -hmm. leave it because if you are changing it up to the end, then like to continue to let them win, why didn't you just let them win? Right? Like you don't even need hit points. Just let them like keep hitting things. And then when they get real hurt, let them kill it. Like you don't need to track hit points at that point. But like, like if you want to keep that, like there is an edge of like, 
this could still turn for you, but like, I don't want it to be like my fault that I went way too hard for you unless that's your purpose. Like, yeah. just like I said, I, I, I kind of, I've, and this is something I don't think if you're new to DMing is going to be super easy, but learning that there's kind of this like point in the battle where like your edits to your own combat kind of have to stop and you have to stick with happy where, where, where you're at and say, cool, from here on out, what I've got is how it's going to be. And if the players die, they die. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like, you know, it's. Yeah. I mean, if there's something that, like, you really need to change, you know, towards the end, then sure. But, like, there is a point where, like, I have to turn my edits off and say, okay, this should be fine at this point. I've done any tweaks that I think need to be done, especially for, like, myself. Like, I don't pay a lot of attention to CR. And I make a lot of my own, um, like, NPCs and such, right, where I'll, like, I'll create their own, I'll decide what their armor class is. And like, I look at things like what kind of like relevance to armor and things like that. Um, but like I put in their own abilities and I decide like what kind of stuff that they're going to have. I'm not like just always taking a boom guard fight. with yeah. You know, like if, if it's a small, not important battle, sure. I'll do that. But a lot of stuff I've came up on my own and I'm like, okay, I've got to figure out some way to like tweak it. Uh, but like I said, yeah. when when it comes down to it, if you want it to be dangerous, which is the whole point of combat, then you've got to pull those gloves off and just say, hey, we're going to fucking bare knuckle right now. If you die, you die. You better have that backup character ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two things. First of all, poke your eyes out games. Thanks for the follow. Um, the second thing, Alyssa, if they die, they die. You're right. Um, hey, if you're a new DM out there, in case you didn't know this, um, every time you kill a character, it adds three years to your life. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm going to live for a while. I, I love yeah. killing characters. It is, it is what brings me pure <laughs> and unbridled joy in life. Yeah. You'll figure that out. Um, here's if, the thing. When DM, I'm a player. Just kill a character <laughs> real quick. If you're a new DM, just like. Next session, <laughs> kill one character. Just get the fucking get the taste for it. And, <laughs> yes, I've done it, and just go. Please for stop. It. Please don't do that ever again. Oh um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and then um, <laughs> Mark says when to take off the kitty gloves. Yes, yes. Um, when to take off the fucking training wheels and push them off the cliff. Um. Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes sometimes it takes an intense combat for players to understand what they're getting into. Um, and honestly, cups of player tears, like, makes a fantastic drink. If you, if you haven't uh, tasted a player's tears right as you rip <laughs> their character sheet up in front... This is, this is the one thing... Okay. As you e- said this in I another am, podcast. I, I don't care. I'll say it again. As a evil DM, this is my one thing that I will f- always n- not enjoy about not being at a table playing with someone is being able to take their character sheet from them and <laughs> just, whoosh, yeah, bye, bitch. You gonna killed it? <laughs> like there's there's something uh, like cathartic for everyone in that situation, and like I, yeah. I will say. If you've been playing like a two year, three year crazy campaign and like you rip up somebody's character sheet that they've like been writing on since the beginning, I do feel like that's a little mean. I do understand because I've seen this argument <laughs> online about like, oh, well, like I, what if the person like loves their character? They want to save it for afterwards. What about then? Memories? Then you know what? Guess what? You- Fuck your character sheet. Make copies. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what I say to that? You take it, you go over to your printer, fucking put it in, make a copy, hand them the original, take the copy, no, no, no. shred it, and then you just fucking the gut it down. You, the, the original has all their blood, sweat, and tears. That's true. That's true. You give them a copy. Um, but that is what uh, modern technology is for. Yeah. Take a picture of it. Um, uh, should, I should write it. D&D Beyond and, and ask them to uh, give DMs and campaigns a tear-up character sheet. <laughs> a of, virtual like, 
virtual <laughs> tarot character sheet where it like loads in like 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 a zoom call it like loads in both cameras so the dm can be looking at the player like in this like but like in this very dramatic i'm imagining like this very dramatic like side cut thing where it, like it's like and they're like staring at each other like you know anime style and it's like and then it's like she like tears up the sheet and it, like you can't ever act you can view the character and stuff and like see the stuff but you can never access the sheet again yeah. That would be uh, some intense and awesomeness. God. Are we evil? Hold on. Let me. Uh, Nobody knows. Let me write this idea out to D&D Beyond real quick. Just. Echo. Hello. Uh, I hit something and it played. I have like our uh, creative dashboard open. And I hate the sound of my own voice. Dear God. I'm getting more and more used to it, but it's still pretty rough. Yeah. Um, hey, creatures, creatures. in combats. <laughs> um, I think the last thing on the whole picking your creatures segment is that you really want to focus on what the combat means, if it means anything, um, and how different creatures working together can create a whole different battle than just like... You know, having five bugbears and that's it is a lot different than having like three bugbears and four goblins, you know? That's very true. Um, that's two completely different fights. Yeah. <laughs> very different fights. Um, and the same with higher scale. Um, having a fight with a friggin' arch devil is going to be much different than having a fight with a actual demon like um and a demon with arch devils versus just a bunch of arch devils that's a completely different fight um so it it depends on what you're going for as to what you want to set up um and keep in mind that you know some creatures have pack tactics i'm losing my voice <clears throat> Some creatures have pack tactics. Some creatures um, are solo travelers, and it would be weird to see them together, but it's possible. Um, different things like that can really change the feel of your combat. Well, and I think that, like, not only just the combat, it gets, it, there's definitely something to be said about, like, changing the story if you have, like, just because you're like, man, it'd be a very cool. Oh, my God. Yep. Big yawn. God. Oh, I'm here. big yawn. I'm alive. Uh, it, it can definitely change the story when you have these, like, moments of, like, okay, I'm going to have, like, the goblins work with, you know, something, you know, something. I can't even think of anything right now off the top of my head that's, like, super strange. Yeah. Goblins work with a lot of things. Yeah. But, like, if you were to just be, like, uh, you know, deciding that, like, an ancient red dragon is, like, got a bunch of, like, um, orcs like working for it like that's kind of like something strange like there's probably like narrative to that right like yeah you know it makes sense like little kobolds that want to be dragons like running around fighting for a dragon but like if you're gonna put these like matchups that like might not make as much sense you're gonna want to like think about like does that affect my story is there a reason why this is happening and be able to incorporate it into the game yeah um poke your eyes out game says um the last time I killed a player, they'd made a series of poor choices. They played as a ghost for the next adventure, and when they got a body, it was a completely new race and was bad at the stuff they used to do. That player had a lot of growth pretty quick. I love fucking with characters like that. Um, <laughs> be like, hey, here's a new body, except all the things you used to love. Don't know how to do it now. Um and then Scott Born Twisted says, enemies that have studied the party are good also. They can fight much higher than their CR if they prepare appropriately. And that is another really cool thing. Um, if you have some NPC that feels scorned by the party for whatever reason, um, or if you have something that follows them throughout their adventures and you know 
as they're traveling, they have to make perception checks and the creature that's following them, the person that's following them is making stealth checks and they never see this person until the combat. But this person has been watching them in every combat, in every movement they make. And so it's going to be a lot harder for them to fight this guy because he essentially, he, she, it essentially has insightful fighting on you already, you know? Well, and it's, it's, if it depends on how magical this person or how much magical access this person would have on them too, right? Because like, they don't even got to be there. They could have just been scrying on you all the time. Yeah. Or they could have been astral projecting. Like there's all kinds of things that like you can come up with the reasons for, but like, guess what? You're, you as the DM are, are going to know your party's capable, like what they're going to do, how they fight yeah. the best. Sure. Players are going to surprise you. That's just going to happen. It happens constantly. Absolutely. But are they really going to surprise you when it comes to like how they run a combat? Like, I'm not saying that there's not going to be some interesting things, but like if you're talking about like the base level, like, this guy's going to run up and start hitting and then this guy's going to stay in the back and start casting spells. Like there, there's going to be like a basic algorithm to how they fight. They might use their spell interestingly or, you know, kind of work together to do something interesting, but it's going to be basically the same idea. And you're going to know that. And then you can say, boom, let's like flop things on them. Like, yeah, I come out, you know, the, the guy comes, the main guy comes out and the big fighter guy runs right up and starts fighting him. Um, but then that guy's like gets in, into kind of melee and starts like locking this guy down when secretly an even bigger baddie like comes out of the back to attack <laughs> the weaklings at the back of the party. Like, you know, if your bad guy knew this, he can plan for these kind of things. And you as the DM are going to know that like this is probably how the battle's going to go. And if it doesn't go that way, good for the players. It didn't go that way. And they, they got a one up on you. You know, players yeah. are going to love that. Players love to one-up their DM. <laughs> just Absolutely. The next thing to kind of think about is location, location, location. Um, how to use location to your advantage. So you really want to pay attention to where this combat is going to be. Is this combat in a building? Is it in a tavern? Is it at a church? Is it outside? Is it in the forest, the desert, near a body of water? Take me to church. <laughs> I wash like dark and shiny light. Uh, if you as long as it's really less than DM, as long as it's less than thirty seconds, we won't get copyrighted. Fight the, fight them in their own grave. Fight them in their own grave. Kill them right yes. there. Yes. Then just and just tell them that's where you're going to be buried, you motherfuckers. This is what you get for, I... for laughing at all my NPC names. No. Um. I just edited but... my my game thing or whatever last night and. My players are already laughing at my NPC names, so episode one. I'm disappointed in them. Yeah, so when you're in a specific location, it's also, you know, the same as what creature you're fighting. It's also going to drastically change based on where you are. Um, if you are inside, there could be different items you could use as, you know, improvised weapons. Looking at you, tavern brawler, feet stealers. Um, <clears throat> Alyssa. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Um, anyways, but if you're in a tavern, then obviously you know you're gonna have access to stools. You're gonna have access to chairs, cups, plates, all kinds of crap. Um, to be able to get a hold of. If you're out in the middle of the woods, you're gonna have more cover potentially. Like if you're in the woods. Um, but you're not going to have many things to just grab and use as a weapon. Um, <laughs> what? Things to grab and use as a weapon? Gnomes. You're in the woods. You see a little gnome running by. Watch out. Weapon. No? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> I think I'm driving more yeah. than a little insane today. It's okay. I listen. I'm already insane. I'm bringing the chaos am, energy to our twentieth episode. 
part of location that's important when you're you're planning and running combat is <laughs> is when you you're able to use like layer actions and environmental actions to mm-hmm. make things more interesting. Um, you know, I I think that most people can experience that. Like, there has at least been a time when running a combat got boring, right? Like it just happens. Yeah. You try your very best to make it not happen. But every once in a while, you're going to get through a combat and it's going to feel like, um, okay, I do roll, 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 six points of damage. Now it's your turn. Do, do, do. Five points of damage. Now it's your turn. Do, do, do. They do six yeah. points of damage back to you. Now it's your turn. And like, it sucks. Like, <laughs> it, it, when you get that like sloggy feeling where it's just like turn, 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 their turn, and, and just kind of continuing around. And, like, especially when you're sitting at a table or even, like, you know, on a Discord or Zoom call or whatever, and you're sitting there, like, watching everyone's eyes glaze over as you're, like, roll, roll, roll. Okay, everybody did this, 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 and this. And, okay, now we're moving on. It it, it sucks. So you want to make things more interesting. And, like, you can start by, like, the creatures, right? Like, creatures have special abilities. You can add them more abilities, do those kind of things. But using location is super useful, too. Like, mm-hmm. being able to be, like, have something going on in the environment to avoid, to pay attention to. Is there something in the environment that's going to be dangerous to them? Is there things that are changing the tactics of the battlefield? Because over here, there's, like, a poisonous mist, like, shooting out of the ground as, like, there's an earthquake going and the ground's cracking apart. Like, what's like what's going on in this battle map that's causing your players to be, like, oh, I'm engaged, I'm paying attention, like, oh, I've got this guy over here that's got this special ability, there's a guy flying over here, but, like, where I'm standing, there's an environmental effect going on. And then, like, even if it is very tactically minded and, like, they're, like, really thinking about what to do next, they're still engaging, they're still interested in what's going on because they're, like, boom, I'm here for it, let's pay attention, let's know what's happening, and you're having fun. That's that's where it comes back to. It's, like, uh, you know, I think at the end of every conversation we're ever going to have about D&D, it's all about having fun. Like, that's why we do this. It, it is a game. It's a very cool game. It's a very special game, but it is a game. Like, you you know, if you're not having fun with doing these things, then, I mean, go play a board game. Like, have fun. Go play Cards Against Humanity and drink Mike's Hard Lemonades with your friends. <laughs> Excuse you, Mike hard, Mike's Hard Seltzers. Oh, Seltzers. Um, you know what I'm saying, though. It's like yeah. there's there's other ways to have fun. If 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 you're having these sloggy combats back to back to back to back, and like you're no one's having fun playing D and D. Hey, stop playing D and D. That's fine. You don't. You there's no requirement. It'd be cool if you could learn to have a little bit more fun with it. But like, if everyone's bored, that's that's fine too. Like it's. You want to have fun. So, like, if you're not using yeah. these things to your benefit to make things more interesting, if if you're sitting there at the table and you've planned this crazy combat and you're, like, you've got your DM screen up and you're sitting there and then you look up and everyone's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, seven to hit. Yeah, I uh, want to reach through my screen and punch you right now. It, it, <laughs> like, I know it's a bit that you're doing for the stream, but like, oh, yeah. If you're if you if you're listening to the podcast, I, I was just sitting there scrolling on my phone. I realized that this is uh, a half audio, half visual medium. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when you, if you're looking up and you've got players doing that and like. I swear it's so frustrating when you're trying and like I get it, like especially if you're trying your best. If that happens to you, and, like, I, I hate when I'm, like, if I'm, like, oh, hey, Morgan, it's your turn, and you go, oh, oh, yeah, a 10, because you weren't paying attention. I'm, like, a 10 to what? What Do you do something? <laughs> did you, did you, you're not even by anybody, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, um, you know, it, it, you want, being able to use these things to keep people engaged, if I'm sitting there and I've got everyone at the table, like, thinking about what's going to happen next and how to use their turn to the best ability that they can i've done my job i i've made a good encounter 
See, part of my problem personally when I'm playing is that I get so invested in everybody else's turn that I get to my turn and then I'm like, uh, uh, um, what? Okay, I'm going to cast a spell. That's what I'm going to do. And so, like, it's not that I'm not paying attention. I'm just so invested in what everybody else is doing that I just completely forget to plan anything that my character is about to do. Well, like, even... I'm even okay with that if you get to your turn. Like, oh, shit, I don't know what to do. Like I said, my that, <laughs> yeah. my one pet peeve is when it's like a turn comes up and they're like, because eh, this has happened to me where it's like you've got that player that just doesn't want to pay that much attention. And mm-hmm. it's just, oh, uh, that's what I rolled. Okay, for, for what? <laughs> you yeah. have to tell me what you're doing. Uh, I'm going to hit him. Uh, are you using your sword? Are you using a spell? <laughs> what are you doing? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my table. That stuff Hit that button, Nathan. <laughs> Wait, Hit that button. Is it? Both words are hard. Nope. Nope, not that one. Try again. Let's make another guess. This one? Get out of here. <laughs> we don't want you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I mixed them up. I thought I li- I, knew- I figured it was one of two because I know the green one's the yawn, and I was like, it's the one on the top or the bottom of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that stuff. It just sucks. Like, so, but if even if you've got that player that's always on their phone at the table, if you make it a combat that has all these like interesting parts where you've got like cool monsters with cool abilities, and then you've got like a cool environment, like. If you can and you're using, you know, online, it's harder. Maybe you made a cool map on Roll20, though. Or if you're in person, you have this, like, crazy battle map with little minis Mm -hmm. and all that. And you've got this player that's, like, in it and paying attention. Like, boom, you've succeeded. Like, you made it. Yeah. You are are the King Kong to their Godzilla. (laughs) God. King Kong whoops Um, Godzilla's ass every day. Shots fired if anybody disagrees. All right. Um, the last couple of things. Um, is your combat relevant to the story or is it just a random encounter? Um, so what are random encounters, Nathan? A random encounter, Morgan, is <laughs> an encounter that is random. No, oh, no shit. <laughs> a random encounter in D&D is when you've got something that just pops up, right? Like it, it doesn't have to be like, Oh, I'm in the woods and bandits drop out of the sky. Right. It can be, it can be, I'm walking down and I see like a pickpocket up ahead on the street and mm-hmm. I watched it happen. What do you do? It, it's the things that are like your players are going about their own business and something's going to happen to them. And sometimes that includes combat. Sometimes it doesn't like there's, there's different levels to that, but the combat is that like idea of like, right. Where you're like, you, you're walking through the woods and then, like, you know, the merry men, like, fall out of the trees and start to talk <laughs> You're walking through the woods and out of the corner of the eye, you see Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Oh my. Sorry. Tell me it didn't sound like that. No, it did. <laughs> oh, God. Shia LaBeouf. Anyways. Um, so... So your your combats can be either, you know, relevant to the story, you know, you're fighting the town guards so you can get access to this certain place, or they're just traveling down the road and they run into a couple of goblins. Um, but when do you need random encounters and how do you run them? Um, every DM is a little bit different for this. Um so, how to choose when you use random encounters? I personally Can I derail us for a second. What? Can I derail us for a second? Yeah. He's following you about 30 feet back. <laughs> he gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. <laughs> all right, let's not. Anyways, I don't know how much um, we can actually play of that, but there you go. Yeah, it's fine. As long as it's less than like 30 seconds, then we won't get copyright struck. It's fine. Um, how to choose when to use random encounters. So random encounters. Um, I personally hardly ever use random encounters. Um, just because the campaigns that I usually run are incredibly story driven. And I hate 
travel time. I hate travel time so much. So there's never really a time when my characters are traveling for, quote, three days or more, um, regardless of how much in-game time that is. I don't care. I hate it. I personally find it boring as a player. Um, I'm just like, there's a portal. We traveled like three (laughs) weeks, and it like we we time-skipped the the travel and then like at the end of an episode we were like okay we're gonna be there when we start next time and then at the start we were like we were like okay you guys were like traveling for three weeks did you guys like not talking about combat or anything did you guys like talk to each other does anyone want to have any like moments during that time like right now we had that for like a quick half hour of the session and then we we're like boom we're on it let's move on because <laughs> like i'm the same way i just I personally don't like traveler or too many random encounters either. I really don't love like the thing that I don't love is pointless stuff, right? Where it's like you're traveling for three weeks and like, you're not going to hit a city. And so like roll, okay. Like six goblins jump out and try to attack you and you kill them all. And everybody takes a little bit of damage, but like, did it matter? Cause you're just going to go to sleep and then rest. And then you're going to be traveling the next day. Like, I, I I think that that's where, like, there's kind of a level of, like, what's the point to this? If you can make a encounter, random encounter interesting, if there's a reason for it, if it adds to the story, if you spiral into a side quest, awesome. But if it's this step, 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 if you're just rolling every day and, it like I said, I just don't like that feeling of, like, okay, like, everybody took a little bit of damage, but, like, this isn't a big, crazy fight. Like, you guys, I expected you guys to make it, and then you guys rested, and then you moved on because you're on the road. You're traveling. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I want my game to always feel like there's some sort of stakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to that effect, like, I'm not saying that nobody should use travel in their games and that you can't make it interesting. I just mean, personally, I hate when you're like, it's going to take you three weeks to walk from this place to this place. I'm like, ah, fuck that. You got a portal. It's going to take you at least 90% of the way. And then you're going to have to walk some, but it's going to be like half a day's of travel. Like, it's fine. Um, to that effect, random encounters, um, I don't really use. Nathan uses them way more than I do. Um, I don't have a problem with random encounters at all. I just personally, in my own stories, um, everything has a purpose. And random encounters don't have a purpose in my worlds. Yeah. Well, even a lot of my random encounters are usually planned, like when I gave you guys baby owlbears. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> Poor Pip. But it it really, like, comes down to, like, there's... I, I think you also have to gauge yourself. So, like, um, this is more DM tips, DM tips central of, like, um, on my battle map, or not on my mm-hmm. battle map, on my world map, um, I have, like, areas that, like, I've marked to be more or less dangerous than other areas on the world to travel in. Um, so, like, certain areas of the woods, like, it's going to start to get be, like, okay, like, you're probably going to be, like, running into encountering bad things in this area. And if you're having, like, across the main road, like, in on Destaria, which is, like, the continent that... Um, my group plays on like the twin crossroads are like there's almost no chance for a, a dangerous encounter you might come across like travelers but you're not gonna mm-hmm. get in a battle on the road yeah um, and those kind of things like i think are very helpful not everyone might think the same way but like i think having being able to just put on your map you know a little area draw a little circle and say this area like encounters are probably going to happen this area yeah probably not and if you're going to run random encounters one way that i have heard slash seen that seems to work the best is if you kind of do what nathan is saying and say okay so i have a world map 
and I have area one, two, three, four, five, and six. Area one, there's no chance for a random encounter. Area two, there is a very low chance. So you would have to roll a six on a D6. Area three, if you roll for a four to six on a D6, there's an encounter. And and so on. So you go until, like, basically there is a five and six chance of having an encounter in that area. Um, and that, to me, seems the most logical, the most balanced way to have random encounters if you're going to have travel in that way and you're going to have um, these kind of encounters set up. And then you can even make an encounter table where you say, okay, at this point, they are this level. Here are four different scenarios that they could run into. And you roll a D4. And that's the monster. That's the battle that happens. Um, that there's a reason that they're here. You know, it's a bunch of goblins. They, there was a party that came or a merchant that came through before you. The goblins ransacked his uh, wagon and killed him, or they have him tied up or whatever. And now you guys have happened upon this. It's up to you to take care to dispatch of the goblins, and maybe you'll get something out of it. You know, um, kind of, you know, your stereotypical random encounter there. But um, well, and I think that's that, like, just an example. We, like we were saying, like, it doesn't all have to be combat. Like this episode we're talking about is combat. But like when you're talking about a random encounter, mm-hmm. I, I truly like think that like if all your random encounters are combat, it's going to be boring. <laughs> you're just going to be like roll okay let's all have a combat for the next 20 minutes real quick all right everyone took a rest let's roll to see if we have a combat again oh there's another one there goes another 20 minutes of recession everyone rests and like this is part of the like healing dilemma in D, right of like training your players to go oh well, we want to take a long rest because we'll just go to sleep right here and we won't have any, we'll have all our spells back and we won't be hurt and then we'll move on. And like, um, as a DM, you have to work to kind of try to like stop that from happening because like, even as a, like as a DM looking at it from a player standpoint, why would you not just like block the door and try to take a sleep so that you got all your stuff back before you moved on? Well, now there's stakes. Now there's danger. There's things coming for you. Like things will encounter you in the room. If you try to stay here, there's like a lot of reasons to force it along, but um, I think that when you're doing these random encounters, especially during things like travel, like using a story thing to make an interest is easier than the combat because the combat just goes boom, fight, 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 sleep, 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 good to go again. And yeah. Yeah. And then you keep moving from there. But, you know, you can have. A traveling merchant comes by and tries to swindle the party out of way too much money for a iron sword. Um, Or, you know, a... (laughs) This is a call out. A wine merchant comes by and decides that they want to hang out with you for a little while. Um, because there's tree monsters nearby, and they want you to protect them. Um, wine monster. Not a wine monster, tree monster. A wine salesman oh. that wants to hang out. Because there are tree the monster. monsters nearby. This is a call-out, Alyssa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, is this merchant secretly Dionysus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's a good question. Um, Alyssa, I just reveal all your plans to Morgan. I'm sorry. You might have. No. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, there's, there's more ways than just combat to achieve drama. You know, there is um, intense role-playing sessions where you just have, you like, you don't even fight. You have a conversation. Um you have a moment where you scry on somebody and you see like all of these bad things that they're doing. Um, 
Yeah. It doesn't always have to be combat, but sometimes it is. Um, But what happens if the party wants to avoid the combat you planned? You mean they will? (laughs) You mean they will. It's not if the party wants to avoid. It's they will want to avoid it. And here's how you trap them in it. Um, (laughs) They want them free. I, I will... I, I'm a very evil DM a lot of the time. If you really come up with something truly intuitive and awesome to like circumvent me, this is the rule of cool podcast, baby. Rule of cool. <laughs> you are free to go. I will not yeah. kill your character today. But there are ways to try to be like, hey, and get out of this one. Um, yeah. And, and I think I think it depends on how important that combat is yeah. to the story. You know, if you're fighting like the BBEG, then no the fuck not you're getting out of it. Like you're no the fuck not. Yeah. You're but, not but, getting like, out of roll this. Up on the BBEG and they're like, "Can I roll to persuade him that we do not need to fight?" No. Yeah. <laughs> roll a persuasion. You need to roll me a DC 35. Yeah. Um <laughs> go for it. Try the me. Bard does. <laughs> <laughs> the bard does. What? BBEG falls in love with the bard. You're getting down they get married, have BBEG children, now. happily ever after. That's um, the whole rest of the campaign is you and like one of your friends who played the bard, like doing like a life sim. God, <laughs> no. But really, though, if the party really wants to avoid whatever combat you have planned, then like Nathan said, if it is if it's a random encounter and they're like, we need to get the fuck out of here, then just let them go. You know, let them go and then stumble across another encounter as they're running away. If it's like a (laughs) a random encounter or something, right? If the party goes, fuck this, I don't want to deal with this. Everybody turn and run like that's going to happen. They could do that. That's fine. Yeah. I mean. And and you really gotta like think that like if you're giving free will and choice to your players, fully trapping them is like kind of shitty, right? Like, yeah. If they're like, "Hey, we're in this alleyway. A bunch of assassins just jumped out and they're trying to kill us. Everybody run!" And they run and they're like rolling good on stealth to get away, right? And you're like, "More assassins jump over here, and then more down the end of that alleyway." <laughs> and then like they're flying above you. Like, where are you gonna go? Are you gonna dig into the ground? Like. You're kind of like, they're like, well, we should have just stayed and fought the first one. It's like, why did we even yeah. try? Yeah, there comes a point where it's too much. Yeah. And and like I said, when it is relevant to the story, when it's something important to the story, then I think that's something that you as a DM need to communicate with your players. Um, I think that's something where instead of just trying to force them into something, you need to say, like, hey... In order for the story to move forward, you guys are going to have to face this. Um, it's something that you're going to have to do to be able to push the story forward. And then that's up to them to come up with a way to, you know, get Stay through that it. combat. Yeah. Well, and I think it's something that, like, most of the time, if you've been DMing long enough and you're, you're proficient at it, you can get across right like you can get the get them to be on board with like okay this has to happen but like if they're having trouble with that if you've got that player that's like really trying to avoid it and it's like integral to what you're trying to plan like i said like this is collaborative storytelling it's a game just be like hey guys can we please stop fucking running from the bbg every time he comes up like can you guys please like have a fucking encounter with him (laughs) like i don't think that's the worst thing to do in the world of course, like, sometimes it could be fun, right? Like, it becomes this whole thing where, like, every time they encounter the BBG, they just run away from him. <laughs> and, like, it becomes this whole, like, long-running thing where he's like, gets there and he's like, finally, I've got you. Now it's time for my monologue. And they're like, oh, get out of here. And they just run and he's like, wait, <laughs> no, I haven't no. told you about my evil plans to destroy the world. They're gone, aren't they? Okay. And, like, it could be, it could be very funny to have this, like, these kind of interactions going on but if you're like hey like everything i like and i think this is also something to try to avoid to do in a way but if you've really like pinpointed like your campaign on like this you know hourglass shape of everything funneled in here and it's gonna like expand Mm. into a bunch more but like it has to pass through this gate 
Like, Bad idea. Tell the players, hey, let's work with me here, please. I understand that I'm railroading you. Please work with me. But yeah, try to have those those alternate pathways where, like, like I said, the one player can just be like the you know the BBGs like please come back I just want to tell you my evil plans and then <laughs> they're like running away from every time they're like we don't want to hear it we're gonna go get some beer <laughs> right we'll be at the tavern bye um they're like that fucking guy again I'm sick of him I mean all yeah. my players make fun of me for all my bad guys being edge lords so I, I wouldn't be surprised if this started I mean they kind of are they're cool edge lords. <laughs> I mean, they're like teenage edgelords. They're the worst kind. That's true. <laughs> but yeah. I'm working through Prepping my, and running working, combat. Working through my demons. <laughs> it can, <laughs> yeah. Prepping and running combat. It can be incredibly daunting yeah. or it can be super easy. Um, don't stress about it. And as always, with everything in D&D, if something goes wrong, make it up as you go. You're the DM. Do what you want. You thought you could throw a fucking dragon at your level three party and they can't handle it. Suddenly, it polymorphs into a baby dragon. Hey, guess what? You always got power word kill in your back pocket. <laughs> you always have power word kill. Listen, the DM always has at least four spell slots worth of power word kill in their back pocket per session. Per session. Sometimes for combat, depends on how much of a shithead the party has been. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, no, but I've, I've used my I've used my power word kill in my campaign, so I, yeah. have to, I have to hold off until a little later. Nightmare. Yeah. Rip Thurmond. Um, but. Rip, rip Thurmond in half? <laughs> <laughs> oof. Um, but I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. Uh, we. Uh, I kind of half mentioned it earlier. I still have a podcast game coming up that I have not yeah. named. Uh, <laughs> so that's extra fun. Um, but I will be naming and it will be releasing. I have finished the first draft of editing. Ooh, and um, I think I'm thinking at this point we might go for like March 1st. I think if because I was thinking February 1st and uh, no, nope. yeah, You're a little bit, a little bit past that. Yeah, we're planning um, sessions and stuff to so I can get a couple episodes in the backlog to be editing. Um, so I'm thinking we might end up go shooting for about the first. So maybe in the next couple uh, weeks of episodes, I'll have a name when I go. Yeah. I've been struggling. Hey, if you guys have an idea for a podcast name, hit me up <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Discord or Facebook or something, Instagram. Uh, I think I'm on Twitter and Instagram as uh, DMFalco94. Hit me up. Um, yeah. I'd appreciate it if you got any ideas because the struggle is real. Uh, and none of my players have any int- in, any ideas really either, so hey. it's hard. It's hard out here. Laws for, uh, laws, my dude. Um, if you're watching the Twitch stream right now, QQA is going to be tomorrow on this very same channel at 1 p.m. Eastern Woo! Standard Time. If you are listening to the podcast right now, um, the episode will be up on the Twitch channel for... Um, two weeks after it airs. So if you're listening to the podcast right now, you missed the live stream, but you can still go back and watch that episode for two weeks after it airs. Um, the following week from that is... The next episode's the 21st, huh? right? First and third Sunday. Yeah. First and third Sunday. Yes. So the 7th and the 21st yeah, so tomorrow, is QQA. Um, the February 14th, we are not doing anything on that day. But then on the 28th of February is going to be another module. Another yeah, monthly module. That, uh, I, I played in it. It was very fun. Um, yeah. It was uh, a very chaotic stream, but uh, very fun. But what's new with us, honestly? Yeah. Uh, my character was... Something else. Picasso yeah. was 
Uh, Picasso was interesting. Let's just leave it there. If you haven't already, I'm pretty sure it's still up on our Twitch channel. Um, yeah. 99% All sure. of our videos are up for two weeks yeah, after so they air. Go watch Go watch Picasso uh, be, be trying to make it to his grave. <laughs> yes. Um, and also, make sure to jump on our Discord. Um, hang out with us there. Vote on topics for us to talk about. This topic today was voted on by our lovely friends over in the Discord server. Give us shenanigans. Give us homebrew items for us to use in our campaigns and in our one-shots. Um, like us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, do all the things. Um, also, follow us on Twitch. Uh, subscribe on Twitch if you have Amazon Prime or steal your mom's Amazon Prime and subscribe with that. Either way, we are so grateful for those of you that are supporting us, um, liking our podcast on all of the, like, um, you know, words are hard. Um, liking, all our podca- <laughs> liking our podcast on all of the um, Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor Podcast, um, <laughs> I love you guys. My cat's starting to scream now, just in time for us to end the podcast. Um, All the things. Yeah, if, we are if you so grateful. Already, if you haven't already, just make sure to to uh, rate and review, follow us on our podcast platforms. That would be super helpful to us. Um, yeah. And other than that, um, we appreciate all of you, friends. Yeah. Thanks for Until next time, this has been another episode of the Rule of Cool podcast. Thanks for hanging out. Bye. 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 You and me and all of our best friends. Let's play D&D, our favorite RPG. Escape real life and play pretend with no Consequences. Let's play D&D, you and me, and all of our best friends, except that one guy. Let's play D&D, our favorite RPG. Escape real life and play pretend for a 